What's going on, folks? It's your boy again, back in the building. Doc Sean Thomas here, episode 57 of the Be More Today show. We are back, we are back, we are back in the building. And the folks, I'm just happy to be here with you guys again. We've been pushing forward Be More Today since its inception. Uh, we are now heard in 34 countries. So for all you guys who have been listening, supporting us, really appreciate it. Your love, your text messages, your emails, your social media posts. Um, it's been great. We love the love we, we've been getting. And Be More Today is continuing to spread uh, from my book to uh, our music on Amazon, the podcast, clearly the Words for Life show. All these things are continuing to to brand us properly. And, and we're doing great things. Um, our support page is still up. So if you want to support us in any way, please go on the site and give us any kind of support that you want to. We appreciate your love and support. And we'll continue to bring you good content and great people who are doing, again, Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. That's our mission. That's my mission, just to highlight those things at this point in time. And my quotation for today is very, very simple as always. It says, if you don't get out there and define yourself, you will be quickly and inaccurately defined by others, by Michelle Obama. Listen, definitions are very, very important, Um, especially during this time uh, in our country where we've seen a lot of things happening uh, with stereotypes um, you know, we've seen the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, Asian hate movement, all these different things. And there's so many interesting stereotypes that are still out there. How people define people of color, um, how we define uh, men versus women, um, even different different areas, right? Even talking about Brooklyn versus Queens and Staten Island, how we define those areas and who lives in those certain areas. Definitions are very, very interesting. And, you know, I'm, I'm making it, it very clear to my daughter that, you know, what she sees out there in the world. Because she asked me, you know, Daddy, why is my skin color different than this person and that person? And uh, even, she, you know, Mommy and Daddy, you know, my wife is Indian, I'm African-American, our skin color is different. So she asked all these different questions about all these different things. And what's being defined for her is her personality, uh, her culture, her, her persona. Um, and I'm really trying to make sure that I put out there, for me, how I want to define myself um, as a person, as a black man, um, as a therapist, uh, as a human being, as an American, all these different things really can dictate how we interact with the world. Um, and as I go out there as a father, defining for my daughter how I want her to live, you know, it's very, very important that we make sure we put out there what we want, um, that we see the change we want to see in the world, that we actually live that thing. Um, and before others define us, we define ourselves. Um, you know, with all the George Floyd stuff that's happening in, in the world right now and the Chauvin case, that, that verdict that came out, uh, it's very, very important that we make sure that we continue to define ourselves where we want to be defined. And, you know, history is going to repeat itself as always. We're all happy about the way that things went down, clearly. But definitions are key. You know, stereotypes are are still there. And I think it's really good for us to continue to defy those things um, and to brand ourselves uh, in a way that we want to be seen. Um, no matter what the public says, no matter what the people say around you, um, you can go out there and brand yourself you the way you want to be branded. And Michelle Obama said it really, really well. Uh, you'll be quickly and accurately defined by others. Uh, so I think branding is very, very key in terms of how we do certain things in our lives. And my guest for today on the show is a branding expert, um, not so much related to race relations, but really related to the bigger picture for businesses and for companies and things on a bigger on a bigger scale. He's a great freak friend of mine from Church Rosary Hall. You know, you know, forever true. It's a golden blue. His name is Michael Sean Mitchell. And besides having a great middle name, he's also a great friend. So Michael Mitchell is the senior director, head of brand and content marketing at MailChimp. Previously, he led brand and experience strategy at Publicist Sapient. He directed ideation and insight creation across EMEA, Southeast Asia and Japan, inspiring creative performance, driving digital product innovation and elevating consumer focused brand experiences. From New York to Tokyo, Sydney to London, Bangkok and Auckland, Michael has helped brands like GE, Toyota, AT&T, Unilever, Heineken, Standard Chartered, GSK and Opera Australia use insights strategically, helping them stand out and tell their stories to the world. A tenured brand expert, Michael was previously Associate Creative Director at Possible and Associate Director at Interbrand. Prior to Interbrand, Michael earned a Master of Fine Arts degree in Creative Writing from the New School in New York. He believes in the creative power of words, 
When chosen carefully, they have the ability to truly transform a brand, creating real emotional connections with audiences. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, please welcome to the stage my boy from Trip with Mary Hall and the man with the master plan as always, Jamaica's finest, Michael <laughs> John Mitchell. Mike, what's going on, man? Mr. Thomas, good to be with you. Good to be with you this morning. I appreciate you coming on. I haven't seen you since the Super Bowl, not this past year, but last year uh, before the madness went down with COVID-19 and you were in Again, Atlanta. And in the before in times. See our, our mutual friends out there. We had a great time. And then uh, everything hit the fan and we've been kind of on a, on a crazy, crazy train ever since. But I appreciate you and thank you so much for being on the show today. No, I'm, so, I'm super listen, excited. What, it's great to chat with you. Yeah, man. What's what's going on with you? How are you? How's your family? Where are you right now? And what's going on since last time I saw you? So, yeah, I, last time I saw you, I was living in Atlanta and then the world shut down. So my wife and I came back up to New York to be closer to family. Um, yeah, everyone's doing well. All, all parents are vaccinated now. My wife and I got our first shot. Uh, so we've, we've hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel and, um, now working out of the Brooklyn MailChimp office and hoping to just resettle back in, in New York. Yeah. That's great. Listen, so I, I, know, I, I know your story, um, but I want everyone else to know your story. You know, you and I were great friends at Choate. Um, I think our friendship actually, um, got better after Choate, um, cause we had mutual <laughs> friends at Choate clearly, but then I think you, you, know, you and I hung out a lot after Choate um going out late Too nights much. on thursdays and yes yes <laughs> we had our our skating things or whatever else and our friendship kind of grew from there um talking about nick's basketball or whatever else that we you know we had similar interest in um even going to jamaica clearly we had a good time there together and had a had a continual uh, relationship even after school we went to kenyan college but you know once you went to kenyan college the new school i kind of lost track of your your, your movement and your, and your progress. So um, just give everybody a, a, a glimpse of uh, basically your journey from Kenyon College, we're at the children, I guess, to Kenyon College. And then um, you did so much creative writing stuff. So what was the journey from school, Kenyon College, creative writing to this marketing thing and how that whole uh, transition happened for you? Yeah, so I think um, probably even in, in high school, it was, I was pretty vocal about how interested I was in English and in writing and in creative writing. Um, I feel fortunate that it's something that I was attracted to early and I kind of had a, a focus and could put my energy towards it. Uh, I majored in it in undergrad and then I went and got a master's degree in creative writing uh, with the sort of idealistic goal of becoming the next James Baldwin, Toni Morrison, sort of trying to um, write that great American novel. <clears throat> but um, in the back of my head, I also knew that um, I'll, I'll work as hard as I can towards that, that, that goal, but uh, that's you know a very small percentage of people actually reach that. So how can I make a career, make a living as a writer um, without having to put all my eggs in the, in the Tony Morrison basket. Um, so during, during grad school, I was like, maybe I'll be a journalist. And I, I interned at Complex Magazine and at the Village Voice and a bunch of other magazines and realized uh, journalism wasn't quite for me. Uh, people, journalists spend 90% of their time chasing down a story and sort of the last 10% just trying to write it down and get it in under deadline, I like to spend more of my time with the creative process and actually writing and putting words together. Um, and so, so somehow I figured out, well, there's, there's marketing or advertising and copywriting. So potentially there's an opportunity for me to like copyright or do something like that. And I think I couldn't even tell you how I got my first freelance copywriting gig, but I was writing for <clears throat> women's, women's Wear Daily which is some, um, I think it's, it's just like a, you know how in, in New York, how they hand out these just like daily newspapers on the subway for free, things like that. It was, it was one of those. So I'm just like writing small ads inside of, of that fashion little news, newspaper. But that was enough to build a little bit of a portfolio that I could begin to shop around as I was looking for a real job once grad school ended. And 
landed my first gig as a as a writer um, in a in a very boring field. I worked at a mutual fund firm called Oppenheimer Funds, and I was a financial marketing writer. Um, so, writing about mutual funds and college savings plans and retirement plans for three years there. But it was just an opportunity to. I was I was writing for a living. I was doing marketing for a living. Um, I was able to pay pay my bills, and and it also just it taught me because of the significant regulations in finance. It just taught me how to be creative within a very tight tight box and with the very strict um, rules. So it was, it was a really just great learning experience. Um, but for the entire three years I was there, I was applying to other places. I was like, I want to do something more creative. I want to be at, at an ad agency. I want to sort of be in that mad, mad men world. Um, but yeah, it, it took three years of applying to get um, my gig at Interbrand, which um, <clears throat> is one of the, one of the, the world's top um, branding consultancies, branding agencies. Uh, and that's that's sort of where I say I got like my my MBA in brand strategy. Mm. Um, so I worked there doing um, what's called verbal identity, which is helping brands understand how they can express themselves through language, which is hel- helping brands understand how to name their products, what their <clears throat> messages are, how their voice and tone comes together and worked on brands like Kellogg's and AT&T and GE while in New York and ended up transferring with Interbrand to their office in Asia, in Singapore, uh, in 2013, and worked out of their Singapore office and their Sydney office, and then ended up just living abroad in Singapore for the next uh, seven and a half, eight years, um, advancing my career from pure play brand strategy at Interbrand to digital advertising at an agency called Possible, in Singapore as well, and then expanding out a bit more into business consulting and um, digital business transformation work at an agency called uh, Publicist. uh, Apient, also in in Singapore, based in Singapore, but able to work across offices in Tokyo and London. Um, So just just sort of trying to continue to evolve my skill set, try to move at the pace of technology and the pace of the world, um, moving from pure play brand strategy to expanding into understanding what it's like to advertise uh, in digital spaces. And then digital business transformation is really helping legacy organizations understand how to keep pace with um, sort of brands that were born in the digital age. So how does, how does a legacy brand try to catch up with a, with a Google or, mm-hmm. or a Facebook, um, but also from my specific role there was helping them translate what their brand means into the new era. How, how, does, how does a brand experience come to life across an entire customer journey? Mm-hmm. Um, and then by that point, uh, seven or eight years abroad, um, my wife and I were ready to move closer to home back to the States. And I got a phone call, a random phone call from MailChimp that they were looking to hire a a director of brand over there. And I'd, I'd heard of MailChimp before and I I'd, I'd admired their sort of uh, uh, out of the box approach to selling software um, out of like a sea of blue brands. They're like this bright yellow um, quirky brand. So it felt like an opportunity to go in house, but still have a creative outlet and have some freedom. Um, and so things worked out and now it's been nearly two years at MailChimp and, uh, now I, I lead the, the brand team and the content marketing team trying to help small businesses build big ideas and, um, sort of connect better with customers and grow sales through our, through our software and sort of the growing suite of offerings that we, we now have for small businesses. Incredible. Um, you know, I, I, I remember, um, you're set in Singapore clearly, and I remember seeing you uh, at various stages, or talking to you at various stages through your your journey from new school to to Singapore, and then uh, even to Atlanta. Um, but really seeing the 
trajectory of how you created the created uh, or, or infused a creative writing component into your marketing skills and just translated that to, to basically doing what you're doing now. Um, it's all connected. And, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed by you clearly because you, you've come such a long way doing what you said you want to do, uh, really following your passion and putting the work in. And then, like you said, MailChimp contacted you. I mean, that just means that you, you were at a point where you were clearly recognized as someone who was an expert in their field. Um, and, and you've been doing that thing ever since just really uh, showcasing your talents. So um, I, I take a lot of things from that. I take away from that, that, you know, perseverance is key. Um, I take away from that also that experience is something that, uh, you know, can't be brought. Um, you have to kind of go through those different things to really uh, uh, build your portfolio of how you're going to be, you know, towards the latter end or towards the, the, the peak of your, your career. Um, and you, you've done all those different things. Um, my question for you now, I guess, is, you know, now that you're doing directoring at, at MailChimp and you're the senior director, um, you know, I'm a small business, right? Be more today. We actually used MailChimp for a little bit. Um, we first started before we actually changed our name. Um, we were doing the MailChimp emailing. I've had talked to you about this um, in Atlanta a couple of years ago. Um, and it was great. You know, it was it was a great service. I think MailChimp is a phenomenal company. Um, at the time we actually started working with MailChimp, we weren't really ready to do all that MailChimp had to offer. Um, and I think that we, we got lost in not having enough content really to put out there to our followers when it came to really trying to build our brand and build our marketing. Um, but now that we're at a different place where, you know, we, we, we have things to offer, you know, we have our book, we have our podcast, we have two podcasts, really, we have our merchandise, we have our website, um, we're doing events, you know, now we're in a, at a better place to do certain things. Um, you know, as, as a director at MailChimp, what's your, um, I guess, what's, what's your main advice that you give to small businesses or small companies who um, are almost at a place where they're bigger group of people, um, all know them, and they're ready to go to the, the next step where they get to reach out to people who they don't know? You know, like people who, um, every business has people that they know clearly, right? And you get to that that point where it's, okay, I've expanded and I've exhausted my contacts. I've, I'm at a place where I now know everyone who knows me knows me more today or knows whatever their, their thing is. Um, what's your advice to those people who are like on the brink of that and they're trying to get to the next level of what you've seen working with like a GE or AT&T or Toyota? How do you break through to that next level where your branding is bigger than the people that you know? and gets to people who you don't know and, and be like a more universal kind of a brand. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, mark, marketing is just building relationships. Um, you're not, it's, it's a little less intimate than a one-to-one friend relationship, but you should still view it as, as that and try to, to make it feel as conversational and as personal as possible. And so in the example that you're just d- d- describing, these these brands probably have done a really good job of building relationships with their current <clears throat> base and their current customers, and now they're looking to expand. So I sort of take a step back and see what have we done well that has gotten our current base to be so um, loyal and so engaged with our brand. And let's tap into what we've done well so far and then see how we can replicate that on a broader scale. And I also think when you're when you're beginning to do that on a on a broader scale, you need to understand that there's the the ROI isn't necessarily instant. Um, people aren't always in the purchase mindset when they first hear about your offering, um, whether in the purchase mindset or the listening mindset, whether it's a, a podcast or you're trying to sell something. But the, the idea is to plant that seed in their heads so that when they are, when they do see the, the value that your offering is provided or when they, they, they need that, you're, you're, you're top of mind in their head. Mm. Um, so like, for, for example, you and I would see like a million advertisements for cars, you know, 24 seven on TV, but I'm not in the, I'm not in the space to purchase a car. 24 hours a day but when i am chances are i'll probably remember oh there was that toyota commercial maybe i'll begin the search for that or maybe i'll begin to look up uh, some research on on that so 
first of all, tapping into what, what you've done correctly to, to connect with, with, with your current audience, using that insight to expand your messaging and beginning to perhaps test the waters of purchasing some ads in, in social or purchasing some ads um, across other platforms to try and attract people to you. Um, but then, you know, un, un understanding that it'll, it'll be a little bit of, of a lead time before the, the, the leads start to start to roll in. I hear that. And I think, you know, and then we have a lot of people who are listening who are also um, small business owners and people who are just doing their own marketing for various things. Um, you know, I can say at least from the Be More Today, and we, we've seen that, you know, we, we've, we've, we've done a number of things well, <laughs> a number of things we have not done well. And um, it's been a journey. It really has been a journey. I think everyone goes through a journey of trying to figure out you know, you're, you're, you're someone who's focused on words. So, you know, what words we're really using to um, capture an audience, what words we're using to define who we are um, and what we stand for, what, what, what pictures and images and, 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 and in content we're going to put out there that it's going to hopefully link someone with, with, with what Be More Today stands for and what it really means. Um, and even defining what Be More Today means for us, you know, it, it, these, all these things have really um, been, been the journey, at least on our end. I know people who are listening as well have had that same kind of experience where, you know, you have a thought, you have a thing you want to do, you have an idea, you have a uh, whatever. Um, but it's putting those pieces together to make sure that it, it, it appears and it is presented in the way that you want it to. That's going to be appealing and will seem like it's going to be successful to some extent. Um, because no matter how many times you think that someone sees, I mean, I, I do stuff on Facebook and Instagram and social media all the time. You know, I do a thousand ads and I'm always like, oh, everyone saw that. Everyone had to have seen that. And then I still see people, they're like, oh, you wrote a book? I'm like, yeah, you, how did you, you didn't see like the thousands of ads I've put out for the last, you know, umpteen months. And I recognize that, yeah, not everyone sees everything. Or if they, like you said, they do see it, you know, they may see it for a second, but it's not the first thing on their mind. And then it's not till they either see it a second time or a third time or a fifth time, or when they're actually ready to do something, then they actually go out there and say, you know, oh yeah, you know, who wrote a book? Sean wrote a book. Let me go get his book, you know, while I have a, sec a second. So I'm still learning that because, in my mind, all I see is, well, we put this thing out, we put that thing out, and we put this thing out. So they should have, you know, how could not anyone have missed what we've been doing? Because we've been doing these things, you know, we have a podcast every Monday. So how can you miss now what we're doing? But I recognize that it, it has to be on a certain level for that thing to be ingrained uh, repetitiously. And even commercials, like you said, we see commercials every single day. That commercial plays like five, six times while someone's actually watching a, a show or whatever else. So it's that reinforcement, I think, that really uh, um, brands uh, certain certain companies bigger, bigger than others. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm still learning that, but I know you know all these things that you're clearly ingrained in that, in that world. Um, it makes me think about another question for you, which is actually looking at the branding content. Now, I know MailChimp does, at least on our end, we did the emailing and the, 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 the post to our followers, but just talk a minute about all the other services that MailChimp offers, if you if you don't mind, just to give us a, a greater uh, picture of what the overall scope of MailChimp really is. Yeah, so we're we're trying to just be a, an end-to-end -end resource for small businesses, um, and our superpower is helping you market your products. And so, marketing goes from everything from our hero product, which is email, to advertising across all social channels. Um, to building your own website on our platform, to building your own e-commerce store on our platform, and then all the data and analytics on the back end of, of, of that to understand what's working and what's not and how to course, course correct or how to um, emphasize things that are already working. Um, we also have a suite of um, AI-powered tools that help make some of that creative stuff easier. We have um, a tool called uh, Creative Assistant, which if you already have a website, it'll help scrub all of your brand identity and visual identity content from that and pull it into our system and automatically create on-brand ads, on-brand emails, on-brand content for you to um, send uh, to your customers or to prospective customers. Um, so really making it a lot easier for you to have consistency across all your touch points using um, the power of artificial intelligence. And we also, under, we also have a customer journey builder tool, which helps you um, 
better understand customer behavior. So for example, you have a customer who visited your online store, you saw they browsed for sunglasses, but they didn't purchase. This is a tool that can help you continue that relationship and follow up with them with perhaps a discount on sunglasses, mm. because we've seen that we, we've seen that you, you've already shown interest in sunglasses. And then that can help funnel and push people to that point of, uh, of purchase. So not only just trying to expand the, the suite of offerings, but trying to make each offering a bit smarter and a bit more intelligent to help take work off the plate of small business owners. Small business owners are the, the co-founder, the, the janitor, the person at the point of sale, the person cleaning up after work. They're doing a million different things. Marketing probably isn't their number one priority or their number one skill set. So we also want to make the software as easy to use um, and as smart as possible to help make the the necessary job of marketing easier so that you can focus on why you started your business in the first place, what you were passionate about to begin with. Yeah. Um, so that 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 speaks to the software, but we're also expanding our content offering just to provide guidance and inspiration across the entire journey. So we've we've moved into creating our own suite of podcasts um, and our own suite of um, short form video and long form videos well, just sort of chronicling if, if, if there's an art and science to um, entrepreneurship, the, the software is the science of it. And we're trying to fill in a library of the art of, of entrepreneurship. So um, we, we have podcasts speaking to musicians about how they come up with their idea because we feel there's a <clears throat> there's a connection between the the spark of an of an artist who wants to just make something and put it out there and the spark of a small business owner who wants to make something and put something out there. Um, so we've we've have a music podcast where we've spoken to people like um, George Clinton and the lead singer of Alabama Shakes and Run the Jewels. Uh, people like that to sort of walk through what their creative process is and see if entrepreneurs can find some insight in there. Um, and we also just have documentaries on essential workers during COVID-19 and how they were um, trying to stay on their feet during all of this. So we're, we're not only trying to double down and make the software as useful as possible, but we're trying to just provide a full suite of value to small, small business owners. So that even if, even if you're not, in the middle of building something right now, perhaps we can provide some some content that can inspire or educate along the way. Yeah, I appreciate that for a number of reasons. You know, as a physical therapist, um, marketing is is something that we have to do. We have a whole marketing team. When COVID hit, our marketing team was shut down. So, you know, we don't learn that kind of stuff in school. Um, but they gave us the task as directors to really go out there and market in addition to treating and running the office and doing a thousand other things to also market our office. And it was tough for me because, you know, there are a thousand things like, like going to marketing, the relationships, the, the content you're sharing, whatever it be gifts or pamphlets or flyers or t-shirts or what have you. And just finding the time, like you said, finding the time to do that um, is, is almost impossible when you're also trying to do the main thing your business is doing um, to do the marketing aspect also is like, Oh no, no, no. I, I how am I going to get that done? So it was tough during COVID for me because um, I had to do a lot of that marketing myself, but we got through it clearly. Um, but I'm curious, though, in, in, in what you just said in terms of small businesses and COVID-19, did you see any drops in terms of uh, small businesses not um, linking with either MailChimp or just linking with brand uh, organizations in general just because of the um, financial crisis that happened during that time? Do you see a decrease in people who are actually trying to do advertising? And do you see an increase in people trying to do more of that um, during that, that same period? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, we're, 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 we have a fortunate business model because when, when times are, are good, people start small businesses and when times are bad people start small businesses either things are going really well and i have a little bit extra in my bank account and i feel like the risk might be worth it to take a shot now so let me start something or 
things are going horribly. I may have lost my, my job. I need, I need some extra money because something else went wrong. Let me start something new. Um, so we, we actually saw a bit of a, a spike in um, subscriptions at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and it, it rem remained at a relatively high level throughout. Um, so we, but we, we don't take that for granted. And we understand like last year was one of the hardest years for, for ev everyone. So we, we provided um, financial relief for organizations that were working with first responders and essential workers. So we, we sort of waived the subscription fee for those groups. Mm. Um, during the summer at the height of the protests, um, we decided to waive fees for any organization that was working towards improving um, racial justice in America. Um, and we're also just, just looking at to how we can how we how we we can help those folks who were hardest hit by by 2020. So uh, African American entrepreneurs were are sort of the most um, underfunded, underrepresented, under um, valued group of entrepreneurs in the nation. So we're working hard behind the scenes now to release something that addresses that demographic specifically. Mm -hmm. um, so something that should hopefully release later this 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 year so um even though you know just business wise we we do tend to ride both um good markets and bad markets our 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 goal isn't just to you know make sure our bottom line is working our goal is to really empower small small businesses and reach out to those um those sort of people who are trying their best to make it on their own and live life by their own terms and we want to be able to um support them in good times and bad that's great um you know I, I really appreciate any company that does that um you know especially during this time where there have been some companies who have been very vocal about how they feel about the economic crisis also about the social issues that we're having in our country and there have been some who have been very very silent and you know i, I always love seeing big companies like mailchimp come out there and and do, I think, what is the right thing to do. Um, be vocal about how they uh, want to help those who are in need and be vocal about where they stand on certain issues about social justice. Um, and speaking about social justice, you know, I, it's, it's interesting to me, especially, you know, this, this month with all that's been happening with the Chauvin results and George Floyd, clearly, and uh, Makaya Bryant, a 16-year-old who was in Ohio, and Adam Toledo in Chicago, all these things have been happening around us. You know, a lot of businesses continue to, either be very vocal about how they feel um, or very silent about how they feel or somewhere in between. You know, I know Starbucks um, has allowed people to start wearing things on their shirts that uh, either say Black Lives Matter or whatever have you, um, or Asian hate, if you will. Um, but I'm always curious how companies, big companies, you know, like, like the Toyotas and GTs and, um, or GEs and, and AT&T, how they all respond to these certain things that have been happening. And, um, you know, how, how, bigger businesses like sports entities like the NBA and you know you have guys like LeBron James who's been very very vocal about how he feels about certain issues um and even our former president number 45 uh responded to him and said certain things about him being a racist and about him uh, um tearing down our country and leading to stick to basketball and LeBron has his own thing about you know I'm more than basketball I'm more than an athlete so you know all these different counteracting branding things, right? That have been kind of been going out there um, and people responding to those things in positive ways and negative ways. I'm curious, you know, Mike, to you as, as someone who is very, very keen on words and someone who is very, very keen on, on branding, um, you know, what, I guess my question is how do companies and how should companies at this time really be, be branding and marketing or responding to what's happening in a way that's not going to interfere with their branding or interfere with their market. Cause I know there are certain companies that have chosen not to say anything about these certain things only because they don't want to jeopardize their clientele, jeopardize their connections or their relationships. And there've been some who've been very, very vocal, like Nike. I think about Nike, Nike would say, you know what, we're going to say whatever we want to say. Cause we're Nike, you know, Nike can do whatever they want to do because everybody has their own platform. Nike knows that at least in terms of their people who follow them, Whatever they're saying in terms of what they support, 
there are people who buy their things, support the same thing. So, you know, what are your thoughts as a marketing director in terms of how companies should or do respond to um, these things that are happening in our world, Asian hate, Black Lives Matter, et cetera? And, and what are the intricacies that I guess we don't see on our end as consumers? Yeah, I think um, I I believe when you when you're building a brand, you want to make sure that it's rooted in a purpose. Uh, you want to have um, <clears throat> authentic authentic values behind it, an authentic promise to your customers, and sort of a a deep seated purpose behind your brand. And when you do have that, that helps make these how you respond to situations like this easier because um, it feels like it's coming from a place of <clears throat> authenticity and a place of sincerity. And you're not simply trying to ride whatever sentiment might be popular at the moment. Um, so I, I, I think purpose-driven brands have been able to participate and um, share their solidarity with these the, these movements in ways that that have um, improved their their standing amongst communities um, because pur- pur- purpose driven brands a- often also are this this isn't the first time that they've stood up for something so uh, like a Patagonia for example. Um, has has voiced solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and the anti-Asian hate movement, but they've been extremely vocal um, against um, any discrimination in the past throughout um, the last administration's um, time in, in office. They've been extremely vocal around um, environmental issues. So they're not just showing up out of the blue. They have a, a history of, of um, speaking truth to power in a, in a way. Um, so being able to sort of build your brand with a purpose and have a, have a track record of standing for things allows your, allows it to be easier to continue to stand for, for things. But, um, there's, there's definitely a, um, cost benefit analysis that goes into this. Um, you, you don't want to sound like you're just trying to, um, no one, no one's looking for Coca-Cola's sort of response to the shooting of another black person in the world. Like you don't, so you, you need to understand sort of where does, where does your voice exist within like the broader conversation? Am I just doing this to try and gain favor or doing this to try and actually um, help move the needle in some way? Um, so there's, um, when 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 brands are sort of jump into these these conversations or put up a black square on Instagram but don't do anything else on the back end, um, it can feel hollow and it can feel inauthentic. I think people understand that majority of these 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 brands have a lot of uh, money in the bank and being able to just speak about something without actually doing something. I think people are looking for both the words and the actions from organizations. Um, so I think it begins with having a, a purpose about having empathetic leadership, about having inclusive leadership. Um, and when you mix those things together, when bad things happen, there's an opportunity for a sincere and authentic response that's not only just words, but coupled with some sort of um, action that helps advance the conversation and helps advance the cause and isn't just uh, a, a band-aid on a, on a wound. Think of the difference between an iPhone video and a Sundance film. Camera audio versus a studio track. A novice or someone with experience. Sure, each has their place, but which will have maximum impact? Summer Shower Productions, a Black-owned, woman-owned production company built to create valuable and inspirational content for you. Whether it's a promotional video, a short film, interviews, event photography, or 
utilizing our extensive editing and post-production tools to take your already captured content to the next level. We always bring creativity, integrity, and passion to every project we produce. So, consider Summer Shower Productions for your next project. Let's build something great together. Folks, if you're just joining us, episode 57 of the Be More Today Show, I'm here with Michael Sean Mitchell, Senior Director and Head of Brand and Content Marketing at MailChimp, my boy, my guy, my Cho alumni friend, forever true to gold and blue. And uh, Mike, I have a couple more questions for you. Um, you know, I, I, I love the work that you've been doing. Um, you've always uh, come off to me as a very calm, gentle giant, if I will, Um because you're a powerhouse and no one will really know that unless they actually spoke to you and gotten down to like the real depths of what you do. Um, but you've been killing it since day one. And, you know, I really just want to say, I appreciate your friendship. And, um, you know, as, as someone who I grew up with through high school, which I can't really say a lot, people can say that, you know, people, high school for people is, is very, very different, but, you know, going to Choke, which was a whole boarding school experience, you know, we grew up together. Um, we grew up as men together. We lived in the same dorm together. Um, you know, we were prefects together, all those kind of things. So um, we have a history, I think, that 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 connects us that most people can't say they ever had a chance to experience. I really appreciate that in our friendship. Um, but, you know, going to a school like Choke, we saw a lot of people who came to um, who came through our doors and came through through our, 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 our lives in various ways from various walks of life. Um, and it even by itself was kind of a safe haven from the rest of the world. You know, you go to Wallingford, Connecticut, uh, Christian Street, and, you know, it, it's it's almost like a safe space, a safe haven um, where anything can happen in our little world. Um, and it almost felt perfect in some ways. And other ways it felt imperfect, clearly. Um, but I always think about, you know, what if the world were a better place like that? You know, what will we have to do to make the world a better place? So my question for you right now, Mike, is, um, given all you've seen in the world and all you've done to make it a better place on your end and in, in your craft, what's one thing that you would want to do if you had the ability to change one thing in the world to make it a better place? What's the one thing you would do to make this world a better place? Um, I'd give everyone a passport and make sure that they use it. I think traveling traveling has been um, just a... a it's expanded or exploded my uh, um, empathy, I think, just being able to live in, actually live in other people's countries, understand their cultures, um, live life as a visitor, um, and be able to embrace and understand and sometimes question, but always respect the way other people um, live their lives and other people's cultures and particularly because when I was living abroad I was working in advertising and, and marketing so I had to communicate on behalf of other cultures I had to sort of take in um, a creative brief from uh, you know a, a consumer packaged good in Thailand and how do I sell this to Thai people um, so just being able to completely immerse myself in that culture and understand different senses of humor, what, what is funny, what is dramatic, what is um, offensive, what is uh, sort of acceptable. Um, just being able to immerse yourself in how other people live, it just gives you an, an expanded sense of, of empathy and understanding, which I think is the at the core of what causes a lot of um, problems, I think, just fear, fear of the unknown causes us to just shut off from people and things that we don't know. And the more exposure we have to people and experiences and culture, the more expansive and inclusive I think we'll all be. So yeah, I'd give everyone a passport and make sure they get out of there. Mm. The first time I've heard someone say that is an answer and I love it. Um, and I'm kind of mad because, you know, even that show, I, I didn't go away. Um, and I was so fixated on sports at the time. And I took French for like seven years. And I should have gone to France. And I didn't go because I was like, oh, the team's going to need me. 
what? Like I should have just gone. I mean, I, I went later in life. Clearly I went with, with my daughter and my, my family to Paris, but there's something about going abroad that everyone who goes abroad talks about that experience is being amazing and, and, and engulfing yourself in the culture. And, and I guess it, it boggles my mind that you could go to a totally different place that has a different language and you can find a way to brand their content for that population um, with all the different barriers that you probably had to 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 kind of circumvent and got, go through and over and under um, to make sure that whatever they want to present to their population was going to be attractive to their population. I'm not really sure how you did that um, without having to engross yourself in the culture to some extent. Um, so how how difficult was that for you just trying to, you know, brand these different things in a place where you didn't really have a lot of experience living or even growing up in. It, yeah, it, it was pretty hard, especially at, at the beginning. Um, I will, I will say, everyone, the business language across Asia is English, so I didn't have to learn other languages. Um, so that was at least uh, one one barrier that was removed. But, um, but yeah, every so I was based in Singapore, but. Um, my my remit was uh, all of Southeast Asia, so I I, <clears throat> I have clients in in Thailand and in the Philippines and in Indonesia and in Malaysia, and all of let's say all of those countries are about a three hour flight away from each other, yeah. but they're all vastly different cultures and vastly different types of people, different senses of humor, different products they're trying to sell, different reasons to believe in different products. So it was it was literally a, like a mental gymnastics trying to keep in mind, okay, I'm, I have a meeting in the Philippines today. It's for this thing. This is how um, people in this part of the world res- re- respond to things. Not only, not, not, not only in the work I'm trying to create to like publish, but also just interpersonal reactions in, in the meeting. What are the, what are the, the, the norms of a business meeting in Manila versus Bangkok versus KL versus somewhere else. They're all vastly different. Mm. Um, so not only just just that that mental gymnastics actually builds up that empathy muscle, like a physical muscle in my brain to know, to be able to understand re- and respect and have deference to other people's um, ways of, of, of life. So um, not every piece of work we put out there was a hunt was completely successful. And there were moments when I did sort of fall on my face as the Westerner showing up, trying to tell people how it's done when that's, that's not how it works at all. Um, Asia is, is they, Asia in general might be one of the fastest growing regions on the planet with like the, one of the largest populations of people under 30 who are all digitally native, who are leapfrogging um, a lot of the technologies that we have in the States um, the a lot of ambitious and talented and educated and um go-getting folks over there who believe that tw- this next hundred years is um made for them um so me me coming in there from new york advertising didn't really mean much to them they're like no you're 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 here to tell our story um so it was just uh it was it was useful and sometimes humbling because i th- feel like Americans can often feel like we're the center of the world and then moving over there just completely um, erase that from my mind. Um, so uh, yeah, to, sorry, bottom line to answer your question. It was, it was hard, but over time you kind of build up the, the muscles to be able to do it better and better. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you traveling, like you said, traveling will be your, your gift to the world. You know, you just really have a, an opportunity to recognize all those nuances that if you were never to really go outside of your, your small box, you wouldn't know. And, um, you know, I think the more that I've traveled in life and I've traveled quite a bit, not since COVID clearly, but I've appreciated life here so much more um, on both ends, right? You really see what, what, you, what the, the blessing that you really have compared to other countries that are not as blessed. And then you also see the differences in terms of you know, even think about race relations, like, you know, when we go to Jamaica or you know, anywhere in the West Indies, we don't have the certain things that we have here talking about, you know, this versus that person, color versus whatever. 
everybody looks kind of the same in these in these places. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just different. It's just perspective is just so interesting when you go other places and you get the chance to really appreciate what's more important in life. Um, and and you know, I think that's one of the beautiful things about traveling as well, just seeing that all of our differences are, are really just like I said in the beginning, just things that we can kind of brand or 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 the world says that are certain things, but they're not. We're so interconnected. Uh, there's so many similarities between us as people. Um, and even looking at products, I mean, I think one of the big things about you is that you can go anywhere and, and you can brand anything because you have a chance to understand the similarity between people of different ethnicities and races and backgrounds that your experience of traveling and being so many places has gotten you to be. And, you know, I, I appreciate that. And I wish more people had that opportunity just to go out there and, and to do that. So hopefully one day we all get that chance to travel. Um, everyone, I think, to travel to a place that they don't know and to recognize how awesome the human race is. And yeah. Just- and um, yeah, just just to follow up on, on that, that point, like you said, that despite all the cultural nuances I described of the sort of the places I've been fortunate enough to work in, the the connective tissue is that we are all a lot more similar than we are different and that's that's kind of the the key insight as as well and so when you when you realize how similar we all are and sort of we're all just trying to do the best for our kids trying to make this generation better than the one before just trying to be good to each other just trying to sort of um be be more today than we were yesterday um so all all those all those insignificant or invented reasons of why one person is different than another or why we should dislike someone more than another just so they all sort of fall away just once you're exposed to more and more people and you spend time with more people and you chat with more people so yeah absolutely so mike you know i've been branding this thing be more today's for a little bit now um wrote this whole book about it and we've been putting out some good content this podcast actually came as a result of trying to find new ways to brand be more today and it's been successful um we've created a platform where we talk about a lot of different things that uh, are geared towards our mission for Be More Today. But Be More Today is very different for everybody. Um, although the, the name itself is simple, the phrase itself becomes very, very individualized when I ask everybody what it means to them. So, Mr. Mitchell, uh, you are number 57 on this show. And I'm curious, when you hear the phrase Be More Today, what does that phrase mean to you? Um, I think it means that we're all imperfect and we can be comfortable with our imperfection, but don't, um, but still always strive to be slightly more perfect the next day and the next day. So it just means that we're all on a journey uh, and it's about the, not about the destination, but about sort of all the steps along the way. Uh, So I feel like I'm always trying to make tomorrow's piece of work slightly better than the one before learn from my mistakes build upon things that went well before and how can we make it even better um and also just interpersonally in my life understanding where opportunities for me to grow understanding um what my uh good points and bad points are and just trying to sort of push forward a little bit more every day incrementally every day not trying to sort of make broad sweeping changes but just a little bit every day kind of it all adds up over time absolutely mike what's one thing you wanted to start doing or have already started doing for 2021 one new thing um so my my wife and i are on a on a real estate journey right now looking for a a spot in in new york and it will probably be a little bit of a fixer upper. So I think I need to become more, more handy in 2021 <laughs> and see if I can uh, get my, my hammer, my hammer and nail skill up a little bit more. It's funny you mentioned that because my wife also <laughs> wants a fixer upper and I am not Tim the two man Taylor at all. So I got to figure out how this is going to go down because uh, I think we and I are in the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> But I will like say, I said, it's a my, journey. Yes. It's a little bit better every day. <laughs> every day, exactly. I will say working at my current job, because I'm I'm director there, if anything ever does break, I, I have to fix it. So 
whatever I can fix, I've learned how to, you know, spackle and, and whatever else, screw whatever else in. But there's certain things where I'm like, yeah, let's make that phone call. Let's get somebody in here to do this. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't know how to do this properly. Um, but yeah, that 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 is also one of my things uh, as well. Just so you know, so you're not alone on that at all. All right. We can work good. on it together. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Mike, any, any final tips you want to share with, um, aspiring people who are trying to get into marketing or even into creative writing, um, or anyone who is looking to either join up with MailChimp, either small businesses who are looking for, um, an, an outlet to, to expand their, their business, um, or anything related to anything we talked about today on the show. I think for anyone looking to get into, um, the marketing or advertising or branding space um, or just as anyone early in, in, in their career, the, the world is moving extremely fast and like every day it's a little bit faster. And that was one thing that I tried to realize is that the, the skill set I have today may not be marketable tomorrow. So trying to keep pace with the, speed of the world the speed of technology try and like i you you and i both had a big birthday recently and um i probably shouldn't be uh paying attention to tiktok or snapchat but i want to i want to keep up with what is new and what is interesting um i won't understand it as well as someone who is significantly younger than me but as long as i can sort of begin to understand that full landscape of things out there it can continue to make myself more valuable as a as a as a talent in the market um so i would just say read as much as you can listen to as many podcasts things that are in your industry and outside of your industry just try to be as well-rounded as possible because um the world will continue to move at a faster and faster pace and skill sets need to keep up with that in order to be successful. Mm. Well said, sir. Well said. Uh, Mike, where can people follow you uh, or connect with you on social media or otherwise? Uh, well, as, as I said that, I'm like, I'm not too active on the socials, even though I'm like, I'm following TikTok. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you can just look my name up on, on LinkedIn and uh, we could hang out there. That's where I spend most of my time. Awesome. Awesome. Michael Mitchell, my fellow March baby, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. You've made episode 57, one for the books. I really appreciate you. And um, I'm excited for us to chill, uh, you know, when everything comes down and when we find that time in Brooklyn or, you know, wherever for us to reconnect and continue to push forward together. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. No, this was great. Really appreciate you having me on and say hi to your beautiful family for me. And folks, don't forget about the quotation from today. Very, very simple, Michelle Obama. If you don't get out there and define yourself, you'll be quickly and accurately defined by others. Mike talked about a lot of things today. Um, you know, branding is his thing, and he's found a way to uh, brand things that he knew about and didn't know about just by simply recognizing the people around him, uh, observing the people around him, uh, learning from people around him, and seeing that the fabric between us is so interwoven that it's so similar. Right. We are more similar than we are uh, different. And, you know, it's good for us to go out there and define ourselves um, because others will define ourselves for us. So get out there, be who you want to be, do what you want to do. Um, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to go out there and ask for help if you need it, like a MailChimp or any other organization that's out there doing those kind of things. And let's go out there and be better. Um, let's go out there and be more. Um, let's go out there and quickly do what we have to do to get to where we want to be. Uh, whether it means that you got to find someone else to do your job for you while you do it or find someone else to market your thing for you, uh, like I'm trying to do because I have to get my thing done by myself. I have to do my thing, right? But get out there and let's do it, folks. Let's make sure that we make sure that this year is the year where we stop making excuses and we can continue to brand ourselves and build content uh, to be better for ourselves and for the communities around us. Um, as always, show this to Be More Today show. We're everywhere at bemoretoday.com for all of our book and music information, our workouts that are being put out every single Sunday. So follow us on those platforms as well. And if you want to give us an email, you can email me directly at drshawn, drshawn at bemoretoday.com uh, or follow me on any of our social media platforms, Instagram, 
Twitter, Facebook. We are everywhere. As always, the Worship Life Podcast every single Wednesday. Check us out on that platform, my boy T. Farrell. And as I always say, folks, have a good day. Have a good night. Have a great life and continue to take your situation to be the best version of you. I'll see you next week. Peace.